26th of January 2024, Friday edition Bruce Siski show here on KDAL. We are busy. Let's get right into it. Later on, the new director of women's hockey for College Hockey Inc., Sadie Lundquist, and UMD Women's Hockey Junior Hannah Baskin. But first, UMD men in action this weekend as they take on Miami University. Had a chance this week to catch up with a senior defenseman out of Hermantown, Darian Goat. So you step on the ice for a warm-up on Friday, and... I didn't time it, but within about 30 seconds, you had about a 1,000 students calling you a word that I cannot repeat on the radio, and it didn't stop until the game ended Saturday. Uh, what's that like for you as a player? I, I mean, you, you're laughing about it now. It, it, what is that like? Uh, honestly, it was a lot of fun. I know, like, I was kind of part of it last year, obviously, playing with Wyatt Kaiser. They were uh, saying it for number five last year. So you hear it on the ice, and then obviously during warm-ups, I was like, oh, well, it's my turn. Ben Steves and I were kind of joking, is it going to be six or is it going to be two? So it's just something you kind of let roll off your back. It's fun. It's it's a fun place to play. It's a great environment, and to feel like kind of that target on your back, it's a lot of fun, and I think a lot of guys kind of fed off of it. Did it uh, intensify a little bit when you took that early penalty on Saturday? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it was kind of frustrating. I mean, their guy went and kind of took our guy from behind right away, and I kind of guided that guy into the wall. But I kind of knew the refs were going to come back with something. I probably should have been a little smarter, maybe went a little bit lighter. But I thought what they did was a lot worse than what I did. But you can't go back and change it. Talking to Bulldog senior Darian Goats, does it sound weird to say that when I say the word senior? Is your fourth year already? Yeah, it's crazy. It's definitely flown by from the time I just remember. It feels like just yesterday, like we were driving down to Omaha, going into the pod uh, as a freshman, playing my first college game, and now it's it's getting close to senior night, which is which is wild. I mean, you dream of this as a little kid growing up uh, in this area, and for it to go by so fast, you just gotta gotta enjoy every day out on the ice, and and uh, yeah, just relish every moment. Little kid growing up in the 218, what's the first memory that you can think of with skates on your feet and a stick in your hands? Uh, to be honest, my, my parents probably laugh at this story, but I had an older brother. Uh, he played at Michigan Tech, Vermont. He currently plays over in Germany, and I wouldn't walk around the house unless my parents tied my skates on. So as soon as my skates were on, I would walk around, but then as soon as my mom took them off, I would crawl, and she wanted to pull her hair out for about a month. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a funny story that my mom likes to tell. You mentioned your older brother, Eric. Uh, you guys got to play against each other in the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I guess, I'll just, what was that like? I mean, it's you're playing in the NCAA tournament, which is cool to begin with, but to have your brother on the other on the other team, that had to be pretty special for you and your family. Yeah, no, it was super special. Um, obviously, very stressful for my parents because they're very torn between. Because uh, winner winner moves on, loser goes home, and unfortunately, that was my brother's senior year, and I was really excited for him because that was the first time he had been to the NCAA tournament. Obviously, um, I was able to come out on top, but it was it was such a special moment, not only for my parents, but also my grand both sets of grandparents were able to watch it and it was just it was so special sharing that ice with him and getting kind of that moment before the game where we were kind of able to talk and take take some pictures so it was definitely a memory of last lifetime growing up with you know in a hockey family with a brother playing hockey how competitive were the two of you you know when you were out there on the ice Oh, extremely competitive. I mean, my mom always jokes like I could skate before I could walk, and it was it was because I wanted to chase after my brother. The first time uh, on the outdoor rink, I was two years old, and I saw my brother go out there, so I instantly started whining to my mom. She put my skates on, and I had to chase after him. Like that's just how I always was. I wanted to keep up with him in every sport, and in football, and baseball, and hockey. I I just wanted to be like my brother. He was he was a great role model, and definitely pushed me 
he continues to push me every summer when we're out on the ice in the weight room together. He's he's awesome. I may or may not have been here long enough to remember brothers on this team getting in fights during practice. <laughs> uh, did you guys ever get in trouble? Oh yeah, yeah. We had a we had a few moments where mom had to yell downstairs, and then if it got to the point where dad needed to step in, we knew we really crossed the line. Um, but no, we he and I he and I actually get along really really well. We more push each other uh, than actually like fight with one another. We kind of throw those jabs just to motivate each other because we both know it'll push us because we want to be better than each other. But it's never kind of fighting at each other, I guess. Saturday, back to this year in this team, Saturday night was your first regulation loss since November 18th, almost two months. Actually, more than two months you went without a regulation loss and granted a break in there, but does it feel like you guys have taken strides and you're moving in the right direction? Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of those games in overtime, we would have liked to win, get a few more points, but we're we're definitely still staying in the mix uh, within NCAA or NCHC play, which is huge. I mean, anytime you're able to get points in this league, it's it's really hard. I mean, we play in the best conference in college hockey. Like, points are hard to come by, so to have a stretch like that, it's it's definitely helped us keep us in the mix, and we'd like to continue building on it. What have you guys been able to do defensively here? Uh, it does, going back to that St. Cloud weekend before break, you know, since then, it, goals against is in the twos, basically. Uh, the shot suppression has been higher. It feels like you've been blocking more shots. It, it feels like a more concerted effort from you guys to, to stop plays in the defensive zone and get the puck going north. Yeah, I mean, as everyone saw the last couple of weekends, uh, Zach Stasekel and Matthew Thiessen are playing some unbelievable hockey and really helping us out, and we've been able to get some goals for them too. Uh, just as far as from a defenseman standpoint, we've really kind of batting down the hatches as far as making sure shots are coming from the outside. They're not getting great A's in the middle, and we're, we're doing a better job as far as getting the puck up to our forwards and getting pucks um, advancing zones zone to zone hockey and I think it's really kind of helped our game just simplify simplify our game and like I said we can't give enough credit to our goalies they've played unbelievable it feels like too uh, that this is one area I don't have any what I can knock on here but all the injuries on this team but your top seven defensemen been largely unchanged here you've been able to grow some chemistry it's been you and Aaron Pionk what's that been like and, and what is that chemistry like yeah I think as a as a decor we kind of knew coming into this season obviously uh, we would have loved to have Will with us um, but obviously that wasn't able to happen so we've kind of just stuck together yeah we have our bruises and yeah we we kind of go through some injuries here and there um, but for the most part we kind of just banded together I mean Sandy always calls us his mules um, so we we take that as a compliment and we we go with it obviously we'd like some of our forwards to come back from injuries and obviously we've kind of been a little unlucky up there but um, as far as a defensive standpoint yeah we've kind of just bonded together and able to create some great chemistry Aaron's an unbelievable player he reminds me a lot of Wyatt Kaiser which I had the pleasure of playing with for two full years I mean both great skaters both move the puck really well always have their head up Um, so yeah it's been a lot of fun to kind of build that chemistry and also kind of just be a little bit of a mentor for him too. You ever talking Bulldogs senior Darian Goats? Have you ever seen Aaron do something on the ice, and you have to remind yourself that he's only been a defenseman for about two years? Oh yeah, I mean his first couple weekends, like there was a couple cross ice passes where I was like, holy, like he really sees the ice like very well, um, and it's just kind of something that he continues to grow in as far as defensively, like down low, um, kind of just been helping him out in practice. Coach Shup's been really helping him, and Coach Sandlin's been really helping him just really solidify the D side of it, because he has all the offensive skill in the world, um, just kind of batting it down a little bit on some of those uh, defensive uh, positioning things. 
You guys had faced eight power plays last weekend against one of the better power plays, not just in this league, but in all of Division One. They scored zero goals. And yes, your goaltenders were your goaltender was great. Maddie Thiessen had a great weekend and, and stopped twenty one power play shots. But you guys stopped a lot of shots before they got to him. Uh, the, the ice was, I'm sure, felt good after the game, but but you know, what's that mean to be able to step in front of a shot on behalf of your goaltender? I mean, he played unbelievable for us. He stood on our head, so if we can help him out any way possible, we're going to. And uh, some of us core defensemen on the back end, like me, Bodner, Chuck, uh, Joey Pierce, Dubinsky, and Galley, like really take pride in that because he saves us from a lot of jams. So if we got to step in the way of one puck, like we're more than happy to do it. We take a lot of pride in it. I know Coach Kraus. Some, there's some nights he loses sleep if the power play is scoring against us. So um, it's just something kind of from the beginning of the year we've just continued to pride ourselves on and continue to work on and continue to get better on. Miami here this weekend. You saw them six weeks ago in Oxford. Uh, you got five points out of six that weekend. You know, some things you remember from, from that that weekend, some challenges you'll see from the Red Hawks here this weekend. No, they're they're a good team. They like to play fast. They like to play up the ice. And all, a lot of times in the neutral zone, they like to go uh, cross ring. So we just got to be prepared for it as far as uh, de-shifting sides, making sure that we're getting a good gap on a guy and not giving them too much time. Uh, they have a good power play. Um, like you said, we just got to continue building on the penalty kill um, and just capitalize on opportunities. Hopefully we can continue getting great goaltending, which I think we will. Um, so, yeah, just take advantage of the opportunities that we get and put some pucks behind their goalie. Finally, uh, a couple more here for uh, Senior Darian Goats, UMD men's hockey team. How many times has Joey Pierce reminded you that he called that offsides in the Saturday game at Miami? There's been a few. Uh, yeah, Coach Janelin gave him some pretty good props after the game, which it was a great call by Joe. He was right there. He was confident. Coach asked him, and, and Joe stuck by his word, which was really good. Uh, it obviously helped us out a lot. Number two for you, is there any story behind that? Uh, so coming in, I had a few jersey options, and I don't know if anyone knows, but Darian Hatcher, he was the captain of the Dallas Stars. My grandpa used to scout for the Dallas Stars. He was with them when they won the cup, and so um, obviously they won it in 99. I was born in 2000, so that's kind of where it came from. I actually have a picture to Darian from Darian signed by Darian Hatcher, so that's where the number two comes from. That is UMD men's hockey senior Darian Goats, Bulldogs, and Red Hawks coverage at 6.30 tonight right here on KDAL. Coming up, we'll talk Bulldog women's hockey ahead of the big one against Wisconsin. That series starts this afternoon here on KDAL. Here from Junior Hannah Baskin next, the Friday Brusiski Show, 610-103.9 KDAL. Back with you on a Friday morning. We are brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com, where the cars are. The new women's hockey director for College Hockey Inc. Sadie Lundquist in just a few minutes. But first, UMD Women host defending national champion Wisconsin this weekend. I caught up this week with UMD junior defender Hannah Baskin. All right, Hannah, I'm going to ask you. I've asked a lot of the players this this season. What's the first memory you've got with skates on your feet and a stick in your hands? Oh, great question. Um, it was definitely on my backyard rink that my dad used to make. Um, he made it for 18 years until we moved houses recently, but I just remember being out there with my older brother and um, honestly just playing around for like hours, and it was always so much fun. Did you ever get in trouble playing hockey with your older brother? No, actually sometimes we would play inside, and my mom would get a little mad if we were, if we were getting rough, but... Um, other than that, not really. 
I always encouraged it. I uh, was listening to your appearance with Matt Wellens and Zach Schneider on their Bulldog Insider podcast uh, a couple of weeks back, and and you talked about having been a forward growing up. Uh, take me through the the first conversation you had about having the the idea of maybe changing positions. Yeah, I remember it was with my high school coach. Um, he pulled me into his office. It was my eighth grade year, I believe, and. Um, this is kind of when we, we were deciding what my ninth grade year would be like if I'd be playing high school or not. And he pulled me in and he was like, um, I want you to play a year of defense at U15s. You get like 30 more games in and then we'll have a spot for you on varsity. So I was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll do it. He just, he just said how I have good vision and that I'd fit better back there. So I did it and then, yeah. Rest is history. Talking to UMD women's hockey junior Hannah Baskin. So uh, as, as you begin this this journey at the U15 level playing defense, I, I you're a forward growing up, and I've got to think at first maybe the eyes went in the back of your head, but but at what point did you realize that that coach was onto something? Uh, I think I realized once – um, some other coaches actually said, like, yeah, I've always thought that you'd be good at D. Um, that was definitely – I had a few coaches, my summer coach, when he broke Brown. But, um, yeah, definitely when some other coaches noticed. And then also when I started getting some attention from colleges, um, I think it was not even a year later that I switched back. So, Yeah. For you, you know, as, as you kind of begin to accustom yourself to this, you know, what were some of the benefits for you? Um, I think, honestly, like I said, it just fits fits my game better. Um, I'm, able to, I'm able to have the puck on my stick more often and kind of see the ice. Um, I told Matt Wells it's like being the quarterback out there, which I love. Um, and I just love thinking the game. And so it gives me the ability to really control the play when I want to and then um, see those passes, make those passes, or if it's shooting from the blue line or whatnot. But it definitely just gives me more freedom, I think, to think the game. What was the hardest thing to get used to? The hardest thing uh, was probably, I feel like, probably skating backwards. I hadn't done that a ton um, and skating was never my strong suit, so just the transitioning and and all of that is, was definitely the hardest. So now you here you are at UMD, year three for you. Uh, what has this been like? Is, is it feels like your role you, you, a little different this year? You, you guys lost a couple of top defenders, but it, defensively, it doesn't look like you've missed much. Yeah, um, it's been really fun to kind of be able to play a bigger role on this team. Um, Learning from Ashton and Maggie and the defenders that came before me was super great. And um, even learning from Nina right now, too, um, even my other D, D partners, D pairs, whatever. Um, it's been so much fun just to have this role and to um, embrace it. Talking to UMD junior Hannah Baskin, uh, you mentioned Nina. What, you know, when you guys get to play together, what's the chemistry like? It's, it's good, yeah. It's fun. Um, I live with her, too, so um, we have fun out there, and we both love to play offensively, so um, we like to create a lot of offense. What have you seen out of Ida Carlson so far? I mean, a freshman coming in from Sweden, you know, transitioning to you know playing in North America, going to college in Minnesota, 
and it, it feels like she's really come on as, as you guys got into the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, she's she's just really impressive. I've honestly never seen a freshman step in and play as confident as she has. So um, to see her with the poise with the puck that she has, is um, it's, it really is it's awesome to see, too. As her D partner, too, I can trust her in any situation, and I know that um, she'll have my back and I'll have her back as well. So, yeah, she's just been unbelievable and, and so fun to play with. Collectively, I believe you guys blocked almost 50 shots last weekend against Ohio State. And that's not just the defenders, the forwards are, are playing a role there as well. But, you know, what does it mean for you guys as defenders, as, as you're trying to help protect your goaltender, to be able to step in front of these pucks and, and, and maybe make the goaltender's life a little bit easier? Yeah, um, coach always coach always says that's what shows heart, um, and I think that's completely true. Like you know, it's you know it's gonna hurt even though we have all this padding on. You know, pretty much every shot is gonna hurt. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just knowing that you have the heart to block that shot before it gets to your net um, and kind of take one for the team. When you block a shot and you, it hurts, there's no way it doesn't hurt. But how invi- yeah. <laughs> how invigorating is it when when you block a shot? You get the, you come up with that big block maybe during a penalty kill in a close game, and all you can hear is, is your teammates on the bench banging their sticks and 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 cheering you on as you do this. Oh, it's awesome! It's honestly one of the best things when uh you know you're gonna block that shot and you get down and then you feel it. Um, it hurts, but then, like you said, you hear your teammates screaming, and um, you might even get a clear off of that, so that feels even better, and it kind of masks the pain. And I know you guys don't win every close game. Nobody wins every close game. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Uh, it, 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 they're tough to win. You guys have been in a lot of close games. How comfortable are you in that environment? You know, when you get, you've had so many games that you're, you're within a goal, you're up a goal, or you're tied in the third period. Yeah, I think just um, the experience of having these games um, will prepare us even better for when they're going to be close games in in the playoff run and such. Um, at the end of the season, it, it gets to games where no no game is going to be a blowout. Every single game is going to be close. So playing in these situations, having all these close games um, in our toolbox, so to say, is um, it's great experience to have, and it, it does make us more comfortable knowing that we can play in these situations and knowing that we can win these games too. Whether it's you or it's Nina or it's Ida or it's Tova Henderson from the back end, how important is it for you guys to, to be able to generate, help generate offense from the back end and, and maybe spread some teams out defensively? Yeah, it's, it's very important for us to get involved in the offense. Um, that's something we really like to do. You know, forwards can't do all the work. So as much as we can to help out and get engaged in that offense, um, whether it's shooting from the point or even, you know, activating down low, creating that offense just helps helps confuse teams' defenses. Um, and, yeah, it, just, it really just creates more opportunities in the end. Couple more here for UMD junior Hannah Baskin. You guys get Wisconsin this weekend, defending national champions, a team that you split with in their building in December. What do you remember about that series? Yeah, it was a it was a fun series. I remember um, on Friday night we didn't play as well as we hoped we'd play, um, but we turned it around uh, Saturday night. I remember and just came in and played played fearless. We uh, 
we did what the coaches told us to do. We stuck to the game plan and came out with a win. So I think that's that's going to be key, key here in this weekend is just sticking to our game plan, play how we know how to play. And uh, coming off last weekend, too, with a couple close games with OSU, we have a lot of confidence. So um, should be good. Wisconsin's got a defender in KK Harvey, who one of the better players at her position, and in, in really, in really anywhere in the country, and, and one of the best players on a U.S. roster. You know, you had a defender in Ashton Bell. I, I feel you know the way she plays very similar, and how she can control the game with the puck on her stick. And it's hard to deny a defender possession of the puck. Like you, 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 know, you talk about forwards. Well, do we just we just have to deny you, they can't be able to pass the forward the puck. Can't can't let the player get open. Well. You know, defenders, they're the ones that carry the puck up the ice. It's harder to keep it off their stick. What are some of the keys to keeping a player like K.K. Harvey from getting too involved in the offense, as she will so often do for Wisconsin? Yeah, I think um, really sticking to what we know how to do and um, playing our systems will not even let her get to the net. Um, so just making sure that, we keep her outside, don't let her get inside because that's where she's dangerous. And um, if we can, shut her down at the red line and not even let her get get into our zone with the puck. Um, yeah. Toughest question for last. Is there a story behind number 10? Uh, not, a huge, not a huge story. I've always liked the number. I was number 10 in high school for lacrosse, and I was number 6 in hockey, so I kind of wanted to carry 10 into – uh, my career here at UMD, and then I, my birthday is on July 10th, so I guess you could kind of tie that in. Uh, okay, I'll lie to you one more because you mentioned lacrosse. I love lacrosse. So, what's it mean <laughs> to be able to stay involved in that sport? Yeah, it's it's so awesome. Um, I was actually just texting Naomi Rogie today and Abby Johnson, um, but just being able to stay involved in that sport and kind of get up, get my mind off hockey a little bit when I can is is great because I am always thinking about hockey. So. Staying involved in the sport because I, I loved playing it. Um, it's great. And then also giving back to the community of Duluth because they do so much for us as um, students and athletes here at UMB. Bulldogs and Wisconsin Badgers. Big series at Amsoil this weekend. Glad to have it here on the radio coverage today and tomorrow, 2.45 here on KDAL. Don't forget Young Athletes Foundation Appreciation Day tomorrow. Get more info by checking out the Young Athletes Foundation on Facebook. And you get those kids pre-registered for the concourse races before tomorrow's game against the Badgers. Coming up, we'll talk some more women's hockey. College Hockey, Inc. has created a new position, the director of women's hockey. It is the former Cloakiesco Carlton standout ex-Minnesota Whitecaps, Sadie Lundquist. My chat with Sadie Lundquist after we have the news for you. Coming up next, we're brought to you by Sanju and Sanju.com. Bruce Siski showing a Friday on KDAL. Rolling on a Friday ahead of a hockey doubleheader today here on KDAL. Back in studio on Monday morning, we'll have some conversations from Twins Caravan. Don't forget, that is Sunday night at the Garden in Canal Park. Hope to see everybody there. Doors open at 5. Program begins at about 6.30. Corey Provis, Matt Walner, Louis Varlin, Latroy Hawkins, and T.C. Bear all will be on hand for that. So come on out and support the ALS Association as we bring you Twins Caravan on Sunday night in Canal Park. That'll be on Monday. Also on Monday, Stephen Walters, Duluth Harbor Monsters open tryouts in Proctor next weekend and we will discuss. Earlier this week, I had a chance to catch up with the new director of women's hockey for 
College Hockey, Inc., former Minnesota Whitecap, Cloakie Esco Carlton, standout Sadie Lundquist. We'll get to the new gig, and I want to talk about your hockey career and all that, but but I have to ask you this first. I'm going to go way, way back. Uh, first memory that you can come up with off the top of your head with a, with a pair of skates on and a hockey stick in your hand. Oh, man, one of the first. You know, some of the first, actually, if you take the hockey stick out, my mom used to catch me in the basement with my brother's rollerblades on. Uh, when I was like two years old, they'd go up to my knees and I'd just be shuffling around the basement. Um, so that's always fun. But uh, my dad worked really hard and gave us a, a small rink on the side of the house and turned our uh, our playhouse into a little warming house with a heater and the stoles from down the street would come by. Neither of them played hockey, but we would just sit out there for hours and uh, rip tennis balls at whoever was willing to uh, to stand in net. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> when when you're growing up, did you play? What else did you play? Or was it was it always hockey for you? You know, it was always hockey for me. As in, you could there was that was a love from the start that that was going to be my my primary sport. But I also played soccer growing up. Uh, played baseball up until high school, then moved over to softball, and then I uh, actually ran cross country in high school as well. So. You played Division One college hockey. You played in, in the old NWHL with the Whitecaps. At what point did you start to think, Mike, I, I, I could be pretty good at this hockey thing? Oh, gosh, I don't even – you're asking me to go way back here, Bruce. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I feel like through middle school and, and even into early high school, I just I just knew I loved the game so much and that I wanted to keep playing. I think eighth grade, I, I made the varsity team as an eighth grader. I remember going into Trouts, my mom kept kind of saying, you know, don't expect to make it. Don't expect to, to make it. You know, I was only 13 years old. But um, when I made that team on in my eighth grade season, I think that's kind of when things clicked that this could be, you know, this could be a college thing for me. So We're talking to College Hockey Inc.'s new director of women's hockey, the former Cloquesco Carlton Lumberjack Sadie, uh, Sadie Lundquist. Uh, Cloquet, then Bemidji State. The experience for you, you mentioned starting it on the varsity in the eighth grade for Cloquesco Carlton, which is no small feat, and then moving on and playing, having a really good Division One run in Bemidji. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel so fortunate. Uh, I got to play for incredible coaches with incredible teammates and then for really, really great programs. I'm super proud of of being a lumberjack in high school and being a Bemidji state beaver. So I just feel so fortunate that I always had the support system and the, the family, my parents, my brothers. Um, and then, like I said, the communities and the programs that always turned out the best hockey players, but really always put together competitive teams that, um, just had great success, whether it was individually or more importantly as a team. I I got a buddy, good buddy of mine who uh, grew up in Cloquet, played for uh, for Dave Essie there at, at Cloquet School Carlton, and, and he tell you know, we our, our kids grew up together, and and so they're you know coming up playing in, in the Proctor system, you know, all the way through uh, Bantams and all that, and every time we would play Cloquet, we would get out there, and Cloquet's got the CEC on their jerseys, or just Lumberjacks, or just Cloquet. And, and I once in a while I make a comment about how great the logo is and we never see it. And he's like, you have to earn that logo. For you, what was it like the first time you pulled that logo over your head for a game? Oh gosh, it was um, it was incredible. I actually remember it was against Roseville. My eighth grade year it was a home game. Um, it was incredible. I mean, high school hockey in Minnesota that's what that's what kids live for. And like I said, as an eighth grader, it was it was just such like an extra special thing. I was 13 years old playing against you know some 18 year olds at the time. So. Um, being a part of Cloquet hockey is incredibly special or CEC hockey. I should say being a lumberjack is incredibly special. You know, I had two brothers that played under coach Essie. His daughter was my line mate for four straight years. So the connections go beyond hockey, but you know, so much of it is rooted in that culture as well. 
Tell me about Bemidji State and, and, and playing there for four years and then moving on to play, getting a chance eventually to play for the Whitecaps. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I feel like a broken record here. I, I had an incredible coach there too, Steve Sertich. Uh, obviously a longtime hockey name, especially in the Northland, but uh, he's an incredible human being, a great coach. We had a lot of Northern girls that played when I was there, which um, I feel very fortunate about. It's a small detail, but it meant a lot to be playing alongside of Grand Rapids girls and Crookston girls. And, you know, it also helped that they were some of the best players in the state. Um, but I love being a Beaver too. It was a, an incredible community. It's small, it's, it's tight knit and, and hockey runs thick there as well. So I felt, you know, so incredible to, to have a good long career and somewhere that my parents and my family could come watch me play. That was a big part of my decision. Um, and then after that, you know, it wasn't immediately that the Whitecaps came to fruition. So I had a, a couple years off where I had to get back into shape to play for the Whitecaps, which was an incredibly hard feat. That first time a coach said to get on the line, I thought, oh, man, it's been a couple years since I've done this. But, uh, you know, it was, again, another incredible experience hockey is shaped so much of who I am. So it's, then that's all the way from youth to playing for the Whitecaps. And heck, here it is again, you know, being a big core part of my life. We're talking to Sadie Lundquist, the new director of women's hockey for College Hockey Inc. Let's talk about this opportunity. And, and how, how, how did you hear about this? How, how, how did it come about that you uh, find your way to this gig? Yeah. So Mike Snee, he's the executive director. Um, he worked for the Wild in past lives, but when I was with the Minnesota Wild for eight years, um, we were connected because he was with USA Hockey and College Hockey Inc. So it really, it was just a common world connection, right? I, I've been in hockey my whole life. So uh, this popped up. I saw it through some people sharing it to me and I uh, reached out to Mike and, and the rest is history. You know, it was a, a lot of really good candidates. There's a lot of passion in women's hockey. And I feel so fortunate that uh, Mike and the, the team saw that um, or thought that, you know, I could hopefully be the, the person up for the task. So I'm excited. Um, my passion for hockey is, is evident. I hope to the folks who hear me talk about it and, and I'm excited to help shape that landscape. There's so much incredible momentum behind women's hockey right now. And I'm just, I'm just so thrilled to be a part of it. I'm old enough to remember when college hockey Inc started. And, and one of the things that one of the real challenges that they were facing was trying to, to stem the tide of all these Amer especially a top American prospects who were finding their way to Canadian major junior hockey. They wanted these young men to be playing college hockey. And, you know, now, you know, you, you hear about Johnny Gaudreau and Jack, you know, Jack Eichel and, and Luke Hughes and all these top players, high draft picks that are playing college hockey. And, and, and the work that they've done in you know, about a decade is nothing short of incredible. But that was a real challenge for them at, at first. When you, as you jump in here and, and, and take over this new position in College Hockey Inc., what do you see as kind of the big challenges for you and, and for women's hockey as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. Because really, when you look at women's hockey, the path forward, the best players play NCAA hockey. We don't, we don't have that problem on the women's side. If you look at the, the PWHL rosters, it's like 93% of them came through NCAA. So our focus on the women's side is going to be more on the amplification it's growing the game growing the audiences making sure there's visibility across any girl in the united states or you know nationally who internationally i should say who wants to play college hockey knows how to get there because they see it and they hear it and they feel it and they, they feel like they're a part of it and then another part is growing the game you know physically what universities what campuses and colleges would bode well for women's hockey and how are we growing the footprint not just in the the fans and the people who are engaged, but in the opportunities that girls have to play. So 
um, it's a really exciting task for me. I'm, you know, what better way for me to fulfill my career than to make sure that the opportunities that I had are tenfold for the, the next generation. It feels like the, the women's game has really gained some momentum here in the last, and, and I'm not even talking about the PWHL, which I'd like to ask you about here a little bit, but I'm just talking about the college game, watching the level of play, the number, uh, you know, and, and the COVID years help because you get, you get a, you've got a bunch of, of players that have played in the Olympics that have had a chance to come back and play more college hockey. I think that's kind of helped raise the profile of the sport. ESPN has helped with, with a little more TV on the back end with, with the national semifinals and, and the Frozen Four. Uh, you know, you know, being on TV, I think that's helped too. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know, where do you think the college game is right now and, and you know, versus even when it was where it was when you were playing, which wasn't that long ago? Yeah, no, it's yeah. – <laughs> I play in a women's hockey league, an adult league down here in the cities. And you can always tell when someone young just graduated comes into the league because they are so fast and they are so strong and they haven't gotten old like us yet, but there, there is the speed, the skill, everything in the game has come so far. Uh, and it's incredible to see. Um, I think another big part of the growth is, you know, we're finally starting to see that turning point where those pioneers, they're in coaching positions, they're in leadership positions. You look at Ohio State and Nadine Muzzerall, she's an incredible gopher player who's now made that Ohio State just a, a powerhouse team. You know, Laura Bellamy, she's the coach at Harvard. You're really seeing this full circle community of women's hockey. And we maybe haven't had the length in history in the past for that to, to come to fruition, but we're seeing that now. So the game is growing. You know, I mean, the skills, the speed, everything is growing, which just means that amplification is so much easier to push. But we're also seeing those those pioneer players come in and be advocates of the game um, and really help push the, the game forward as well. You mentioned you know the PWHL, something like ninety three percent of the players that are currently on rosters in those in that six team league played NCAA hockey, and, and the number of UMD alumni. I, I've told people if you want to support a PWHL team and you're a Bulldog fan, you can literally pick any of them because every single one of them has at least one ex UMD player on a on the roster, which is really cool. You turn a game on, you're almost guaranteed to see an ex Bulldog on the ice of the PWHL. You know, how much does that help? Ha- you know, having that league and that level of hockey as high as it is how much is that helping you think you know as we go forward here and trying to help push the college game forward oh it helps immensely in both ways really when you think about it you know you're a umd hockey fan so you're tuning into the pwhl well now you watch the pwhl and you see this just breadth of colleges and you think well now i'm going to tune into those and and it just creates this cohesion in this this fan base that is connected beyond just one team. They're connected to a player or a program or the success of, you know, women's hockey as a whole. So, you know, we hope to work in incredible parallel parallel paths with the PWHL. And I mean, when you look at the NCAA, it's kind of like the feeder league for the PWHL with no minor league. So um, it's a great opportunity for girls to, to move forward, whether they step out of hockey into a career um, or you know, pursue that next level with the PWHL. Talking to Sadie Lundquist, out of Cloquet, she is the new director of women's hockey for College Hockey Inc. A couple more here. So one of the things that's come up here in the PWHL, and I noticed it, I was reading some stuff during the preseason camp they had in Utica, is the officials not calling very much. They're letting some of the more physical play go. You played in the WCHA, which is a, the the, the reputation is a much more physical league than, than what you see out east with Hockey East to the ECAC. For you, you know, how fine a line is this? You, you, you don't. We don't need to see full-on checking in women's hockey. It, it feels like they're really trying to toe a line here in, in how they call these games at the professional level. 
Yeah, they definitely are. Um, I'm curious to see how this season pans out. Uh, you know, personally, I, I do think, like you said, they're kind of towing a line, which I love the physicality of the border, the boards play. Um, these are big, strong girls and they want to, you know, be able to fight for the puck and not be worried about the, the penalties that come with it. But I certainly think there's a line that if, if we're going to draw it, if we're going to flirt with it, we just need to set that boundary. Uh, Cause we don't need injuries. You know, checking isn't something that is natural to women's hockey. So I, I do think maybe there needs to be a decision made and, and just to kind of fall to one way or the other. Um, but that being said, I, I think, you know, it's a new year, it's a new league. So some of that stuff will shake out a little more clearly in the next season. But, um, you know, aside from, you know, some of those open ice, ice hits where you don't want to see those, that's where players get injured, that board play, the toughness in front of the net. Um, I think it's awesome to see the, the grit and the strength and power of these women. They're, they're incredible athletes. Finally, you mentioned the, some of the long-term goals and, and the big picture things that you're looking to get done here in this new position. Short-term, what, what, what do you want to get done here between now and, say, the end of the hockey season? <laughs> Learn everybody's name. Does that, <laughs> that count? That, that's no, fair, I, yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, right now I, I feel like I'm just I'm in a listening phase. I feel like I'm a professional listener, and I just need to get back to kind of re-educating myself on the game. I, I've been out for 10 years. I don't don't love saying that number, but I've been out for 10 years, and um, just meeting with coaches and athletic directors and commissioners and relearning the landscape because the physical change, game has changed, but also the landscape and the opportunities and, and maybe those risks along with women's hockey have all changed. So um, I really just want to settle in and be a student of the game here for these first few months and um, start to amplify women's hockey, tell those stories, be part of this end of the season, Frozen Four, WCHA, Final Faceoff, you know, be a part of all these incredible moments here at the end of the season and, and ride the highs of those. But at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that whatever way we move forward with our one, three, five-year goals, they're in the right direction according to the coaches and the players and all the people who are really ingrained in this community. That'll about do it for this Friday morning. Join us later today, Bulldog Hockey Doubleheader on KDAL Women versus Wisconsin. Coverage at 245, men versus Miami. Coverage at 630. Back on Monday to recap Twins Caravans and conversations from that event Sunday nights in Canal Park and also hear from Stephen Walters of the Duluth Harbor Monsters. So long, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this Friday, and we hope you can join us for hockey later on. Have yourselves a great weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, the week.